0: I'm Peter Hartlaw, pop culture critic of the San Francisco Chronicle, here to introduce my colleague Tony Bravo with a special datebook podcast. This comes from one of my favorite Tony Bravo stories, a recent style section centerpiece about retired letter carrier turned photographer Linda Lee. Here's
1: Tony. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle.
2: My guest today is proof that it is never too late to have a good time, and it's never too late to make a community. Linda Lee began going out to drag performances and queer nightlife in San Francisco when she was almost 70. Now, at 75, she has a well-known presence in San Francisco's LGBTQ art scene as a community photographer, social media chronicler, and favorite guest and audience member of many local performers. For some, it's just not a show unless Linda Lee is there with her camera. If it's a get-together or a hoedown, I'll probably go, she said in a style cover story in July. If it's a soiree or a gala, probably not. I'm not fancy. San Francisco has more than enough fancy at present. Linda Lee is exactly the kind of character that is a tradition in both San Francisco and the nightlife world. She's original, she's up for anything, and she's an enthusiastic fan. Even with a two-plus-hour BART round-trip from Hayward, arthritis, and a knee that needs replacing, Linda Lee has a reputation for being an indefatigable queen of the nightlife scene. In 2016, the Bay Area reporter voted her best fan. Please welcome Linda Lee. Hi, Linda Lee. Hi. We're so pleased to have you here at The Chronicle. What's up, Queen?
1: Well, I'm very excited about this because I've never done a podcast. This is something new for me, and I'm so excited, and I hope I don't sound like an idiot, and you know how silly I can be. But, well, we're always but excited. thank you for asking me. I, you know, I couldn't sleep last night but that's not unusual
2: well we are so (laughs) excited to have you here especially as a longtime chronicle subscriber here in the archives for our (laughs) where our podcasting studio is so linda i want to know what have you been up to the last couple of weeks what have you been seeing out in the nightlife world what uh, performances have you been attending and what are you looking forward to coming up you are the queen of the lgbtq (laughs) nightlife scene here in san francisco
1: well, I did go to Oasis twice over the weekend, my my favorite hangout, of Only course. Only twice. And Saturday, there was the man, Dell Shores, who I'm not that familiar with, who wrote... Uh,
2: Sorted Lives? Sorted
1: Lives. And he was so funny. It was an hour and a half of different stand-up things. And there's a couple I remember so well that I'm telling friends now. But I loved them, and I got good photos, and I posted them, and he loved them, and he sent me a friend request on Facebook, and he said, I love these photos, and he's, he put one as his profile.
2: Wow, that's so fantastic. I was
1: very excited about that.
2: You and that yeah. camera, Linda. <laughs> you just make friends wherever you go.
1: I love it. It's been my lifelong hobby, you know.
2: So, do you think having the camera is something that allows you to make friends more easily out in the nightlife scene? It's how is it how you connect to people like performers yeah. like Del Shore?
1: I think so because you know, you'll find this hard to believe, but up until I was later years in high school, I was actually quite introverted and oh. quiet, and people are surprised at that. But what got me out doing things because I grew up in a very small town. We Mm -hmm. never went anywhere, we didn't travel, I didn't have a father, and so we were very isolated down in the valley in Patterson, near Modesto. And for some reason, I got into music and photography. And so I find that now when I go to a show or I go somewhere, even if I don't know the person, if I go and say, oh, may I take your picture? Would you like your picture with so-and-so? Then it's so easy for me to talk to people.
2: Do you remember your first camera?
1: Yes, I had a little brownie Hawkeye, Kodak brown, the kind that you look down in. Uh-huh. Right. That, and that was a very, very popular camera back in the 50s. Because I would have got that probably maybe around 1952, 53, when I was 10 or 11. I'll be 76 in a couple weeks.
2: And now you have a Sony digital camera that right. you've used for the last, really, six I've years? i had
1: about four years now. Right.
2: For, so at least as yeah. long as I've known you. Right. I've known you about five years now, right. I think.
1: And people are actually surprised at the wonderful photos. They they say, gee, your photos are so good and everything. <laughs> They're assuming I'm carrying around a big, expensive camera with interchangeable lenses and everything. I can't carry that stuff around anymore. It's a built-in 50x zoom lens, which would be equivalent to 1,200 millimeter. Mm-hmm. And so it's not all that heavy. And no, I get wonderful pictures, but you also have to know how to take the pictures. So
2: I love the and, advice you gave me about taking pictures early on. Um, do you remember what it was?
1: Oh, maybe.
2: <laughs> About using both hands? <laughs>
1: right. I have trouble with this one friend. I'll say, take a picture. Well, the camera's pretty heavy. It has a grip for a reason. On the left is a grip, then you hold it here and click down. You can't believe, if I ask someone to take my picture, how many people hold it up with uh, moving it around. Oh, like it's I say, a cell phone? please, hold, right. I said, it's a camera, not a phone. <laughs> you would be amazed. And I see, I actually see some pictures that I think are not quite that sharp, but yet they're taken with expensive cameras because I have, I know several professional photographers I don't want to mention any names, but one friend, we had had the same camera for a while, and yet he was sitting next to me somewhere once, and I'm watching him and stuff, and I notice he's not holding it with both hands. (laughs) Well, when you do that little click thing on a heavy camera, it's almost impossible that the camera will not move.
2: You told me once that yeah. um, Darcy Drollinger and the other drag queens <laughs> preferred your photos to um, some other people's because yours were always in focus.
1: Well, they've given me so many compliments on my photos, and and I love it, and I'm proud of it, and I never thought I'd be where I am now, in, thanks to my photography. And it's just, oh, I can't believe I have this second life, it, it seems like, because when I was getting near retirement, and I was on leave in 2013 and then retired January 14, so it's uh, coming up on five, uh, six years in January. And I was very nervous about things and depressed about being retired. What am I gonna do? At that time, I never dreamed that all this would happen, you know, when I started coming to shows in the city and mm-hmm. meeting all these. Because Darcy and them, that started it for me. I I, I was looking online. There's a site called Fun Cheap SF.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Between that and all the tickets I buy on Gold Star. But remember, I don't have money. I have to do what I can. So
2: you're retired. And, you're on a fixed income.
1: Right. In the Bay Area. So I would look for things to do. And then I saw a drag show. At this place called Rebel that I'd never been to.
2: Which is no longer around. Right. Uh, but did drag shows It's directly across for a while.
1: market from Martoonies.
2: One of your other hangouts right. along with Oasis. And
1: so that's where I started. Yes, I love Martoonies for the cabaret music. But I started going there and that's where I I met Darcy, Heclina, all of them. And I'd never seen drag shows like that before. I thought, oh my goodness. And I just fell in love with it and...
2: And you were almost 70, you said, right. when you started right. going yeah, to these. Right, yeah, because I'll be
1: 76 in two weeks, right. So I was close to 70 when I started going to these events and all. And so
2: before we dive um, fully into your life now, um, can you tell me a little bit about your life before um, the nightlife? What did you do for your career? Um, one of my other favorite Linda Lee quotes is you said that, you walked the streets That's of Burlingame right. for f- over four decades. I walked Can you the explain that to our four. listeners?
1: <laughs> well, I get some funny looks from people sometimes, but I said I'm not lying. I literally walked the streets, for- <laughs> and then, well, if you'd like to know who I said this to, and she kind of gave me a double look.
2: Yes, we would like to know. Spill right. the tea, Queen.
1: Gina Moscone. <laughs> <laughs> because back in the '70s, I had a big crush on George Moscone. Ah. And I used to come to San Francisco to see different things where he was maybe presenting something, whatever, because he was the mayor. Well, I ended up, I met the four children, and now I'm friends with Jonathan, such Uh a nice young man. And he's in the arts, of course. And Jennifer lived in Burlingame, uh, just right near my route. And so when I delivered mail there to help out one day and I saw Jennifer Moscone, I thought, oh, my goodness. and and then I didn't mean Rebecca but well I saw all of them I did go to the funeral Uh in 78 yes I did go to that but it was funny because one day I'm talking to Gina in front of city hall just chit-chatting because she's still doing stuff with the city and we're Uh talking and I jokingly said yeah I walked the streets for 47 years she said Linda. She gave me this (laughs) look and it's like, (laughs) because some people don't have that kind of sense of humor. It's like, really? I said, it's true.
2: But you do. You have that kind of sense of humor. I know.
1: I like to be silly.
2: Well, one of the other
1: things about you that
2: that really (laughs) struck me when I was first getting to know you is A, just how happy you are. And B, I've never heard anybody talk about working at a place for 47 years with the kind of affection and enthusiasm that you had you really loved being a a a, a letter carrier letter not official, a male lady right. because That's,
1: that just sounds weird it sounds weird <laughs> to say
2: male lady it sounds sure right <laughs> I well and of course
1: in our country now i mean everything they have to have you know, like it's not flight attendants anymore. I mean, it's flight attendants as opposed to stewardess. And uh-huh. and the same when you go in a restaurant. They're no longer waiters and waitresses or servers, which I think is really weird.
2: So you were a little ahead yeah. of the curve with this.
1: I guess. <laughs> I I had a lot of remarks thrown at me and things when I started in January of 67, though, because I was just a second woman carrying mail in Burlingame. Yeah, that's amazing to me. and And but. Did I tell you it was basically accidental that I turned up a, as a carrier?
2: So you had been at the phone company for three two, years for three years before. I started that. there
1: in April of 64 and then left in January 67 and started at the post office in January 67. So
2: I know right? you to have this memory for names and for details and about what you did the night before that is really remarkable. Um, It's my job to remember that stuff, and (laughs) you seem to do it with very little effort. Do you think working at the phone company and being on the same route for 47 years as a mail carrier were helpful to you in cultivating that?
1: Well, you know, I've thought of that, and when I think about it, say I worked three years as an information operator, so eight hours a day I was looking at names and the phone numbers. And then I went right from that to the post office where all day long I'm looking at names and addresses. And I, I, that must have helped me. I mean, I've always had quite a good memory, mm-hmm. but, but still, when I think about it, but yet I worked with a lot of people that said they can't even remember who's on their own route, and they say, I don't know the ad, I don't know the name. So I believe that did help me, but maybe it was just something I was meant to do. I, I have no idea.
2: So you were saying earlier um, that you're a bit of a social director. That's yeah. how a lot of people, I think, think of you in San Francisco. That go to the <laughs> same uh, queer events, the same nightlife events, the same performances. Um, I see you making introductions all the time. You've introduced me to people that I've ended up uh, writing about or quoting in stories. Yeah. Do, have you yeah. always been somebody that's... That liked people, that liked being around other people, that liked connecting people to each other.
1: Right, and and I'm I like to introduce people. I hate it when I go somewhere and somebody will talk to somebody for ten minutes and it's okay, bye, and never tell you who it is. They never, and I think well that's rude. So I mean, I mentioned my friend Dimitri. we're good friends. He lives in Fairfax, but I guess he said he was very quiet as a young man and stuff and he had one particular school teacher that helped him so much mm-hmm. but he always says Linda every time I meet him over here because he lives in Fairfax he says, okay how many people did you meet today <laughs> and, he, and then he'll say did you get a new Facebook friend he's, he's always kidding me because he tells people we're with he says everywhere Linda goes she meets people <laughs> but he's enjoying it and Because I'm introducing him to people and he said he wouldn't go and do that on his own maybe, Mm -hmm. you know. And I have no trouble talking to people.
2: So let's talk a little bit about getting into drag performances and the queer nightlife scene um, as you were getting ready to to retire. So you went and you saw this performance at Rebel that Darcy and a lot of the people, a lot of the performers that have gone on to be part of Oasis uh, were a part of. Um, What happens after that? Do you go to another drag performance? Did you start branching out to other types of events right away?
1: No, not right away. Uh, But I I met a friend in the line at Rebel and then we were friends for several. Well, we're still friends. It's just that now his life is uh, uh, musicals and movies. Uh So I don't see him very often. His name's Mark. And we start, and he had just retired like about three months before me. Mm-hmm. And so we started meeting up and going to these things because he lives here in San Francisco over in the Castro. Well, I don't know if you call it the Castro, Diamond Street. Sure, uh, I think that's the Castro. I think it's still the Castro, right. So we well, you're, started, the, you're the
2: letter carrier. You would know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but I don't live in San Francisco. <laughs> but he and I started going to things and having fun, and he hadn't really gone to these things either. And I said, oh, my gosh, this is so funny. I I really hadn't seen drag things. So then I started checking online for different things. But I basically went to Rebel, and then, of course, that turned into where uh, Heckling and Darcy applied for the ownership and everything and reopened Oasis, which I knew nothing about. I didn't know that was a... A big thing back in the 80s and 90s and there was a swimming pool no all that was before my time in the community Mm -hmm. it was new to me and so they're they're almost five years now right at new year's eve i believe it is
2: so yeah um what other performances did you go to early on? Do you have any that you remember as favorites from kind of your early days going well, to drag performances?
1: Well, this wouldn't be particularly drag, but I met people there that did, did drag. Well, I knew who Marga Gomez was, and uh. I would heard her and everything. And then when I saw she did a, a show, I think, weekly there at Esta Noche, Well, Um, I got brave and I came up and I went to Estenoche. And that's actually where I met several drag queens. It wasn't just comedians. That's where, I don't know if you know Persia. mm -hmm. That's where I met Persia, was at Estenoche.
2: Oh, wonderful. And
1: a couple others, but it was mostly comedians. So I wanted to do different things. And I went to stand-up comedy, but I didn't go to that as much. Partly my trouble with the stand-up comedy with so many of the men, it's every other word's the F word and stuff. And I just don't see the reason for it. It would just be too, too, too filthy for me. But there's quite a few stand-up women I like. Uh-huh. You know, In fact, one's going to be in town later this week. I don't know if I'll get to see her.
2: Oh, who is it? Uh, Caitlin Gill.
1: Ah. She, she lives in Southern California now. But she's funny, and it's more my kind of humor. She's a, she's a cat person, and, and one of her jokes is she'll tell people, they'll say, oh, because she has tattoos and everything, right? And then she'll say, do you want to see my cat? And they yeah. So she pulls up her sleeve, and there's the <laughs> cat. And then she says, it's a cat, too. <laughs> and that's the kind of stuff I like you know, funny, and there's a couple other, Corinda Dobbins is funny, and there's a couple others, but so many of the men are just too filthy, it's hard for me to sit and listen to for a long time.
2: So I've seen you out at all kinds of events. I've, you know, obviously drag events, which you're really known for going to and photographing. I've seen you at musical theater. I've seen you at film festival openings. You were even in the trailer for the oh, Frame right. Line LGBTQ uh, film festival Hurt a couple months time. ago. Yeah. yeah, you're you're getting quite the uh, cameo reputation. Mm-hmm. You did a cameo in the um, Oasis production of Friends Live. Friends. the, as the smelly cat smelly lady. Smelly
1: cat thing, right.
2: And you have a um, cameo in Darcy Drollinger's upcoming film right. projects, which I, I then, think you're allowed to say the name if you want to.
1: Oh, shit and champagne. Well, <laughs> well, that is the name of
2: it. We'll just put an explicit label on it. I've learned that we can do that at the Chronicle. <laughs>
1: and it's going to be at the... Um, uh, what's the big, the big big film festival? Uh, you know, the one that Robert Redford started. Sundance. Sundance, right. Ah, that, that's exciting. It's going to be in that in January. And Leave I'm, it
2: to uh, you to have the scoop.
1: And I'm hoping that that gets picked up and it'll be, you know, that it'll be in the theaters here and whatever. We're all looking. F- so I have a little part in it. Not really what you'd call a speaking part. I'm a, I'm a um, mall wart customer. Oh, <laughs> which I think you might think is Walmart, right? But, yes, Darcy's a supervisor at Mall Wart, And and I come in pushing a cart. So I have a little part, and I just loved it, you know, that Darcy included me.
2: If they were to invite you to come out and photograph in Utah during the festival, do you think you'd be up for it?
1: If somebody gives me a ticket. (laughs) Well, I've never been to anything like that. I've seen I you want, at so many I, things. Well, I feel but like mostly you're... San Francisco, though. Right. You know, and I like outdoor things. And one thing I haven't done so much recently is I was a member for about four years of the Commonwealth Club. Right. Because they have some good programs. And in fact. Uh, yeah, there's somebody coming up there, but I, I can't go. Jennifer Siebel Newsom is going to be speaking there.
2: Our our uh, first partner in California.
1: Mm-hmm. But I, I'm busy the day she's going to be there. It's uh, next week on the 21st, so I can't go see her, but I would have loved to. But no, I've gone to a lot of programs at the Commonwealth Club and try to do different things you know I just go online and and look at things everything doesn't have to necessarily be gay but I am so excited and have so much fun around the community and most of my friends are quite a bit younger than me and I don't care what friends from the old days say or something they treat me so good these people and the men are also good to me and the young men I said I don't even care if they think of me as a grandma or because I'm old enough to be your grandmother, Tony. And it doesn't bother me a bit if somebody thinks of me as their mother or their grandmother. I don't care. They treat me with respect, and I've never really had that before. And I didn't have a father, so I wasn't used to being around men, you know, that way. And when you grow up in a small town and you're so isolated, it's, it's hard.
2: Can you talk to me about Facebook a little bit as part of how you've built the community? That was so I remember meeting you at the opening of a wig salon in the Mission. Do, do you remember?
1: Oh, you mean uh uh David Carver Forge little salon?
2: Yes, and uh <laughs> the drag queen Cruz and Delu was playing MC that night. It's the only wig opening wig <laughs> shop opening <laughs> I've ever been to and it's certainly oh, me the too. Yeah, it's, that says and, a lot, because you go to more things than I even I do. Only,
1: and David's mom and dad were there, and his mom made some little treats. And, and
2: right away, I had a friend I request remember. from this woman, Linda Lee, who <laughs> I, I remember even that night, you were introducing people, and I think you were pretty new to going out at that point. <laughs>
1: right, that was a few years ago, and David was just starting his salon there, and he's moved to a bigger space in the building, I believe now.
2: Oh, and we didn't get and, invited to the follow-up party? Yes, yeah,
1: so I didn't hear about a party for that. Well, I If you you didn't
2: hear about it, he must not have had He's so busy,
1: and a couple times he was going to come to Oasis because he takes his mom usually. But he was just overbooked for work, I guess, and he couldn't make it because his mother, you've met his mother. She was there. He does her hair like sort of rainbow colors and different and I love it when he brings his mom to things. Mm-hmm. But yes, I remember you being there and said, "Oh, he writes for the Chronicle." And,
2: and you're a big Chronicle <laughs> reader. I mean, you—I think immediately so asked it's me.
1: Since <laughs> the
2: I think you immediately asked me if I knew Leah Gerstchen. I was, oh like, yes. I was like, yes, I do, and the, it's an honor. Oh my
1: god, I just—and I was excited to hear that you're going to be doing a the column one day a week in the date book on Mondays. I don't know when that comes up.
2: Well it's going to be later in August and I'm excited to do it if if I have you as a reader already I've I've got something in the bank.
1: I can't wait and you know Oh, yes, I was a faithful Leogarchik reader for many years, and I always used to look forward to every April, April 18th, when I'd get up and drive over from Hayward at 4 o'clock in the morning for the 1906 earthquake commemoration. I never missed it, but of course, BART doesn't run that early in the morning. Well,
2: you're usually awake at that hour from the night before.
1: Very often, I haven't gone to bed yet.
2: I've gotten text and- messages from you at, <laughs> oh, at right. all hours. Yeah.
1: Three and four in the morning. Very- so people have to tell me, a couple of people apparently sleep with the phone right next to their head. So I have had a couple friends that said, Linda, please don't text me after 10 p.m. Oh, we're okay on so my end. I, I, said, I like okay.
2: I like waking up many hours later and finding those <laughs> texts from you. As
1: long as I'm not keep disturbing you you know but now some people are very sensitive that you know and and for all the years i've been alone and and lived alone the tv runs all night so it's not like i'm not used to noise
2: and so you actually have quite a commute to get into san francisco you've got about a two hour round trip from hayward right on bart
1: right well from the downtown hayward to powell which is where i get off so often and then go from powell is that's 40 minutes and then if I have to get Muni to go somewhere, too. So I figure an hour each way any time I come to San Francisco. So it does make it two hours, That's right.
2: dedication to, you to know, your people. And,
1: but I just don't want to miss. And, you know, I love to come over here. And what I do to fill the time on BART, whereas, you know, so many people read i said like i don't have enough in my backpack purse with a camera and a power pack and all this i'm not carrying a book <laughs> no what i what i do is uh i have an old cheaper phone and i i buy the little um, micro c uh sd card for the camera and then what i do before i get on board i remove the little chip open up the back of my phone, put it in there, and then the time I'm on Bard, I can edit my photos, post things, do whatever I want.
2: And you were known for these incredible postings that you do on Facebook. You sometimes, I feel like I've seen as many as maybe even like 40 photos in a night that you will post and you caption all of them, you know almost everybody's names. Uh, You're looking at me like, what do you mean almost? You know everybody's names, (laughs) I bet. I
1: try, I feel bad if I don't know somebody's name or how to spell it correctly. But that's something I've done and and people comment on that. At first, somebody made the comment, a friend of mine, he said, oh, Linda, thank you for the book report. (laughs) He was kidding me about how I write so much. But then now I'm getting all these compliments on it. And so I tell people, listen, if you read my post and you don't know where I was, what day it was, what it was about, then you can't read. (laughs) Because I do. Well, I hate it when I read somebody's Facebook post and you think, well, when did that happen? Well, where were they? Well, who is that? You could have been a reporter. Well, I did work on the school paper in high school. And I had my I had my thing sort of like Leah Garchick. Remember, it was a small high school. Okay, the whole school was like 300 and some. My graduating class was 67. But I had my column and I named it from my desk.
2: So you're kind of living, all these years later, a little bit the dream that you told me right. you had to, to be a photojournalist and a exactly. reporter. Do you think Facebook has been one of the things that's not only helped you connect to that kind of later in life career, but also connect to this community of people around the events that you go to?
1: Yes, and I, I can't believe how many Facebook friends I have now. And when I get requests, the first thing, of course, I do is go and see, do we have mutual friends? What do they do? Where do they live? Because some are obviously phony. But this has helped me so much. I hear negative things about Facebook, and there are things people don't like. But for me, it is a connection. It's a place for me to put the, f- show my photography and talk about the things I go to. I love it. You will not catch me talking about politics and religion. That is not what I do on Facebook. Everybody has their life, their opinion. I'm not there to fight with people.
2: Well, that is the rules of a good cocktail party. Yeah. Never politics or religion.
1: <laughs> well, when when you said cocktail party that made me laugh because, you know, I talk about my budget and I don't have a lot of money. So when I read the description of something that's going on, I say, well, now if it's a hoedown or a get together, I'll probably be there. But if it's a gala or a soiree, I won't be there (laughs) 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 because I neither have the clothes and probably don't, you know, because I'm very casual and and that's the way I am. And I'm not going to apologize for that. Uh, and I'm not the kind of woman who will go out and spend hundreds of dollars on a special dress for one event. I don't do that.
2: Well, San Francisco has a mm-hmm. lot of fancy right now. I like the fact that you've said that, you know, you're not fancy. You like, you like what you like. You like going to Oasis. You like your people. Right. So and I wanted to ask you, we had such a wonderful response to the story, especially in the community on <laughs> Facebook. Do you have any advice to other people that are at the time in the li- in their lives that you are, retired people that are trying to figure out what their next chapter is, that are trying to figure out how to connect to people? I mean, you've really done such a incredible job of making not only a community, but as you've called it and others have called it, a, a family of sorts.
1: Right. Well, you know, I try to tell people, I realize when you get in your 70s, like I am, close to 76 now, and I do have problems. You know, I've got my arthritis. This right knee needs to be replaced. I have scoliosis. I I do have a lot of problems. And I do ache a lot. I, I w- you would have loved to see me last night lying on my couch last night working on photos, and I had a ice blanket wrapped around my left wrist because it's swollen, and I had an ice blanket under my right knee because <laughs> it was hurting. But what I tell older people, and I've tried talking to friends, is, when they say something like but Linda don't you hurt I said of course I do but don't you get it I'm going to hurt if I stay home and if you stay home and think about these things you're going to feel worse you need to push yourself and do what you can I realize there's things people can't do there's things I can't do but don't just give up Mm -hmm. you know and So, see, I'm rather envious of many of the women in that 60-plus group I go to because I go there every Thursday, and I hear about their grandchildren. I hear about their sons and daughters and and the family dinners. I've never had that. But yet every week when I get in there, at least two of the women will say, Okay, Linda, what would you do since last week? They want to know what I've been doing because they love hearing my stories of socializing and all that because they can't. You know, because they have family to take care of and stuff. So that's what's been another positive with me around being around the LGBTQ community is I've met, I have met older people like me. But on the other hand, so many of the younger people, they seem to respect me and they say, oh, I hope I'll be like you when I grow up and, <laughs> and jokes like that. And I can't tell you how much that pleases me.
2: Armistead Maupin talks about it as your logical family <laughs> right. as opposed to your biological family. Right. Do, do these people, like people like Darcy, Hakalina, Nancy, do they feel like family?
1: They do. You know, I, there's one I had a big crush on for a while. But see, now that I've got to know her better and different things like that, I don't feel that way anymore. She's a friend. Mm-hmm. whereas, you know, sometimes you meet somebody and you're all taken by them or you're all infatuated with them, but then now it's different now. That person's a friend, and mm-hmm. that means so... It, I mean, if you want to hear about music, there's this uh, a song I love, and it reminds me of in the community here. He goes by the name Is. He's the uh, uh, big Samoan man who did a duet I don't mean he did a duet he sang parts of two songs Over the Rainbow and What a Wonderful World and it brings tears to my eyes but besides that on this particular album of his is a song called In This Life D-I-S In this Life you listen to that and you can't help I mean if you have any feelings you'll cry he talks about all the gold in the world all the everything it means nothing i had you Mm. and you were my friend i almost get teary-eyed just saying it but when i hear that song i just want to cry because it's true money or anything i've never had money i've never traveled or anything but my friends mean the world to me and it's been so much better since I discovered the LGBT community and discovered I was gay. It scared me at first. I went to therapy. I, I didn't know what to think. Because had somebody told me I was a lesbian, I actually wouldn't have believed it. But I accepted it. Mm-hmm. And it changed my life. And so I have... but that song it just it does it makes me cry to hear this man talking about riches and gold and everything and none of that means more than the fact he had you in his life
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and it's just and that's how i feel about the community up here they've all accepted me and taken me in and i'll tell you almost every time i go to a show at oasis somebody offers me a ride to the the Powell Bart drops me off there so I don't have to walk up to market, get the underground, and catch it. Almost every time. And I I hardly ever pay for a Diet Coke. I don't drink. So <laughs> almost every time somebody will come and say, okay, Linda, what do you want to drink? And now I buy my tickets most of the time because I don't want to take advantage. And that's part of the reason I have to buy tickets on Gold Star. I have to remember my budget. But I am treated to things. And I appreciate anybody that, you know, even if their artillery motive is for me to take photos for them. I love it. <laughs> I love it.
2: now, Linda, and- we're going to close <laughs> with 10 rapid fire questions. And in your honor, it is the Queer Nightlife Edition. <laughs> so don't think too much, just answer them as soon as something comes into your mind. Beverage of choice
1: Diet Coke.
2: Diet Coke. <laughs> A favorite neighborhood for running into people you know? The Castro. Uh, Go-to restaurant and favorite meal in San Francisco.
1: Well, I love the Cove because of the people who work there and everything. And the turkey dinner is my favorite there.
2: (laughs) What's the most surprising show that you've seen in the last year?
1: Oh, gosh. I've seen so many different. Well, I'll honestly tell you this very recent one of Del Shores because I I didn't know about the man. And how funny he was. I knew he wrote plays, and I thought, oh my God, I loved it.
2: And now you're a fan. Right. And Facebook friends.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> Who's your biggest celebrity crush?
1: Is a singer all right?
2: Absolutely.
1: Katie Lang.
2: All right. I've Is-
1: always loved her. the voice, everything
2: is there any events in the Bay Area that you haven't been to yet that you would love to get an invitation to? This is your moment to angle for an invite, Linda.
1: (laughs) Well, if it's something I haven't been to, it's probably because I couldn't afford it, and I'm not sure. But I've been to so many things, I can't complain. I'm happy with what I've been to.
2: That's a good attitude. Um, Favorite nightlife performers? Now, that's a loaded question, because I know you don't want (laughs) to leave out any of your friends.
1: Oh, I have so many, but... Of the, the drag queens, I have to tell you, Darcy Drollins, just blows me away. He can just play everybody. I, I He just amazes me. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: if you had to play one of the parts in Sex and the City Live, oh, which one would you be?
1: Oh, gosh. Because I didn't watch the TV program.
2: Well, I know. This is why it's even better. You only know the drag versions of the characters. Oh,
1: right. I, I like the one, I think I could be, oh, I could be Charlotte. That, <laughs> who played is by Stephen had, LeMay. Right, that has what, uh, OCD and stuff and just worries about <laughs> and screeches all. I could see me doing that. <laughs> okay, so same question for the Golden Girls. <laughs> oh... Well, I don't think I could be Betty White and I'm not sexy enough for Blanche. <laughs> I guess I would have to be Dorothy.
2: I'm a Dorothy too. I always <laughs> I'm always a Dorothy. Get to be
1: crabby and <laughs> I'm Dorothy
2: slash Blanche. Um, depending on the, the day of the week.
1: Do you want to hear my Oh yeah, do you have Can a, I tell you my favorite quote quote speaking I, of that from Golden Girls? Absolutely. All right. Betty White comes walking uh you know, Betty White. She comes walking in the room, and Dorothy's over there by the sink. And she says, can I, she says, can I ask a stupid question? And Dorothy says, better than anybody I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I always tell people that. It just cracks me up.
2: <laughs> so what drag queen would you want to play you if there was a movie about your life? Because if there was a movie about your life, I think you'd probably prefer a drag queen play you, right?
1: Yes, but I... Oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know if Darcy Joliger can play me because he's so sexy and so gorgeous as a queen and everything. I don't know if he could be me because I'm rather plain and kind of you know. So I don't know who would be good as me. I think maybe you know who I I kind of like in the expressions, uh, Sukasa.
2: Sukasa would be an interesting choice.
1: I think. I I love Tsukasa. We'll have
2: to propose this to her. Okay, and last question, Linda Lee, and thank you so much for being here today. What would the movie about your life be called?
1: Oh. Well, let's see. The Continuing Adventures of the (laughs) Streetwalker.
2: And that is what we call going out on a high note. Linda, thank you so much for being here. (laughs) We'll see you at Oasis, kid.
1: Oh, thank you. This has been so much fun. And I hope I didn't sound too ridiculous, but you got me going. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. I, I really enjoyed it.
0: You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you, Tony Bravo and our guest, Linda Lee. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producer is King Kaufman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke. And our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Music is Midnight Special by Ease Jammy Jams. Read our columns and subscribe to The Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com podcasts with an S.